Welcome to Addicted to Busy, the podcast specifically for overachieving property managers who are dying for a little more work-life balance in their lives. Each week, we dismantle all the BS that holds us back. You'll learn how to nix those tricky, self-sabotaging habits so that you have the time, energy, and motivation to create what you really want in life. If you're looking to shift from overcommitted to overjoyed, this is the podcast for you. Let's do this. Now, your host, Anna Havalyana. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Addicted to Busy. If you're new, welcome. My name is Anna, and I'm obsessed with time management, property management, and large, fluffy, oversized dogs. Um, My husband and I just recently moved to a new neighborhood, and I found out that one of our neighbors has a Bernese Mountain Dog which is my favorite kind of dog. We actually used to have one a few years ago, but our beloved Louie passed away. So I've been thinking more and more about dogs. Um, There is a slight problem though. Um, I really love dogs that are a hundred pounds or more and fluffy. And my husband likes the exact opposite in a dog. So we're at a little bit of an impasse. So if any of y'all know of a dog breed that is giant, fluffy, and doesn't shed, please do let me know. Anyways, this podcast is not about dogs. It is about property management. And I will be honest, this week's podcast title is total clickbait, but it is also a true story. And I'm really excited to share it with you. Now, I'm not guaranteeing that you can get your employer to buy you a luxury car, but there are definitely some great gems in this episode that are going to help you advocate for what you need at work. In this episode, we're going to get to go over how to get down to the heart of a problem, how to know when you're ready to make an ask, and then how to prepare for and recover from the ask itself. And this is a process that you need to know because no matter where you work or what you do, you will have needs that are likely not being met by your employer. And I see too many people make the mistake of getting frustrated about not getting what they need, but then getting themselves stuck because they don't know how to go about asking for it. So let's hop to it. Um, I have been working with this client for almost a year now, and she's been absolutely crushing it. Um, However, she ran into a problem because she absolutely loves the company she's working for, and she's really made her mark in the office. But she found out that she was being severely underpaid, and this led to a lot of inner turmoil. She didn't want to leave, but also felt pretty short-changed. Had she not received an outside offer and subsequently found out what others in her position were making, she likely never would have even considered looking for a new job. And many of you have been there. You get headhunted and then you have to start asking if it's worth it to leave all of the years that you've put in your current company. You have to start questioning how much money is worth changing up your daily routine your benefits, or your work friends? And that's a big question. How do you decide? So let's work through this example. First of all, what we're going to do is we're going to identify the problem. 
Now, with the example of my client, she was feeling frustration with and at work. And we've all been there. There is no job that is free from conflict. She was faced not only with the salary discrepancy, but various other inner office issues, to put it very kindly. The first step was getting down to the heart of the matter. You have to ask yourself, what is this really about? For me, I can definitely recall a time when I was truly hating my job. I wasn't underperforming, and yet there weren't any issues with my on-site team. And yet, I literally just couldn't stand going into work. I felt stuck, and I couldn't necessarily give you a reason why. Every little thing seemed to irritate me, but nothing that irritated me was an actual problem. And I see this so often with other people. Many people look at this like it's a bad thing, but honestly, this type of feeling is just a clue that we have a need that isn't being met. When I really stopped to look at what bothered me, I could finally see that the company I was at had no room for upward mobility within the city that I was living in. And that is super frustrating. Now, there are people who get into a position they love and they don't feel any need to change their job title or get a promotion. They maybe found their groove and they want to stay in it. But that wasn't me. I need to have a new challenge or I tend to get really bored and complacent. That is a need. Okay, so that's an example of getting down to the heart of the matter. Now, once you've nixed out some of the petty issues, and gotten down to it, it's time for the next step, which is to handle your own emotions first. So going back to the example of my client, when they brought up the salary discrepancy, the first thing that we needed to do was take a look at what was happening for them emotionally. Now, if you've ever been someone who discovered how much you were being um, underpaid, you can hear me when I say that that shit is infuriating. The first time this happened to me, and yes, it happened more than once, I went through an absolute roller coaster. First, I was very angered with my employer because they knew and saw what my salary was, and I really felt like I was being cheated and taken advantage of because I was performing just as well as everyone else and getting paid 20% less. On the flip side, I was frustrated within myself for not doing my research And for basically taking the first job offer that was given to me, I started blaming myself for being in this position in the first place. Before you make an ask of your employer, you have to clean this shit up. This is why I encourage daily journaling. Journaling is therapeutic. It helps us sort out our thinking. It can reduce heightened emotions. If you're still thinking thoughts that place blame on your employer for what's happening, you're simply not ready to talk to them. Sometimes we need others to help us gauge what it is we're asking for and how we're about to ask for it. When my client initially brought up her frustration, I told her plain and simple, listen, I agree with everything you're saying and I see the facts, but you are not ready to have this conversation. In that type of interaction doesn't necessarily have to come from a coach. 
I really encourage that you get involved in industry associations and create friendships with other property managers who work for other companies. These relationships can become really great sounding boards to bounce ideas off of without the risk of inner company drama. I actually used to get lunch with a group of girls my age with my local IROM chapter. And first of all, it felt really good to shoot the breeze with women who know exactly what you're going through. But we also had honest conversations about our workloads and our salaries. And these types of conversations can get heated if you have them with people within your same company. But because we were all one degree removed, we could have those conversations without any drama. All right. Once you've cleaned up your emotions, we are on to step three. Get the facts. Facts don't lie. Facts are neutral. They can't be argued with. Facts are simple data. And data isn't affected by emotions, office politics, or personal preferences. It's not facts that hurt us. It's the meaning that we extract from the facts that hurt. In my own example, my facts were simple. I was being paid 69K. I received an offer for 83K, plain and simple. When I looked at the discrepancy, I was hurting myself with what I chose to think about it. I chose to think that I was being taken advantage of and that it was my fault for not applying to more positions. I was causing myself so much unnecessary pain with these false conclusions that I was drawing from a very simple number. In the end, it didn't matter. So what if the company had taken advantage of me? There was nothing that I could do to go back in the past and change the offer at the time I got hired. The time had passed and it was over. But boy, I sure had their attention when I brought it up. Things like this happen all the time in this field. We can spend a lot of unnecessary time and energy wrapped up in the semantics and drama of what happened, but it already happened. We really have to avoid the urge to spin over the drama of what happened and start directing our energy towards seeking a solution. So often I people get stuck in the drama aspect of it because when they're stuck in the drama, They don't actually have to deal with the discomfort of calling attention to the facts at hand, which leads me to number four, make the ask. This part can be scary. Like I mentioned before, I see too many people make the mistake of getting frustrated about not getting what they need, but also getting themselves stuck because they don't know how to go about asking for it. This part of the process is uncomfortable. And while I coach my clients to handle their own emotions in preparation for it, the reality is that we can't control other people's emotions. Your request might make others uncomfortable. There is a chance that your supervisor could have an emotional response. If you do get what you want, other people in your office might have opinions about it. But that's no reason not to ask for what you need. One thing that really annoys me is people who complain about the same shit over and over. And yet part of me feels empathy towards them because in order to change that shit they keep complaining about, they would need to get into this step of the process, making the ask. 
And this part is the hardest. It takes a lot of balls to get here. I've said it once and I will say it a million times over. The presence of a challenging emotion is no reason not to do something. Those who get what they want out of life are those who fully accept that part of getting what they want is being willing to walk through any emotion in order to get there. Which brings me to the last step that many people don't consider to include, but it's the one that can make all of the difference. And that is to handle your emotions after the ask. If we can trust ourselves to support ourselves in the aftermath, we are more likely to go through with a difficult action. When making an ask, you're likely to feel adrenaline, uncertainty, and discomfort. We actually want to prepare for those feelings and give ourselves space to allow those emotions to subside. I really don't encourage that managers make these types of asks off the cuff. Really take time to consider the whole process. Ideally, book a time to speak to your supervisor, but also make time to have a moment for yourself before you go into that meeting. Take a walk, phone a friend, <laughs> review your list of facts. And the same thing goes for once the meeting is over. Clear your schedule. You don't want to have to handle an angry tenant or a vendor while you're still zipping off of an adrenaline high. After you make the ask, make space to go for a walk, phone a friend, or be with a loved one. And definitely find a way to celebrate the fact that you followed through on a difficult task. All right. So now we've gone through the steps. Many of you may be wondering where the Land Rover comes in. Now, my client navigated all of this beautifully. It took a few weeks to get us to the point where she was ready to make the ask, but she did it. And here is the craziest part of this. Not only did she get herself a raise, she got everyone on her team a raise as well. <laughs> when the company saw the data she compiled, they realized that they weren't just at risk of losing her, but potentially those underneath her. My client also already had a company car because of how large her territory is. So one day after this conversation, she logged into her email and her supervisors sent her links to none other than available Land Rovers. And I think that her factual message about employee retention was made loud and clear. And she was so nonchalant about all of it. I laugh when I think back to her session because I had to remind her three times that most people would be happy if they could just get themselves a raise, let alone everyone on their team. And she played it off like it was no big deal. But honestly, that's a huge accomplishment that few can say they've done. Now, it's super fun to celebrate my client's success and her car upgrade. But at the heart of the matter is the fact that you will have needs that are unmet by your, by your employer. I've watched clients go through this process to request adjustments to their office hours to negotiate salary, and even to intentionally seek a demotion. Those of you who know me also know that I'm a huge advocate for mental health, and I had to go through the same process two separate times and my mental health was really struggling, and that sucked. 
I had a lot of fears that my choice to ask for what I needed would affect my potential to get assigned a bigger site. It would affect my potential for a promotion or a raise, but it actually had the opposite effect. First off, I was able to do my best work because I clearly defined what it was that I needed. And because I was setting myself up with what I needed, I was able to continue to deliver quality work to my company. Second, because they were willing to work with me, I felt motivated and compelled to do a great job. There are seasons to go after the gold star. And then there are seasons to focus only on what's essential. And when we choose to accept this, we can drop all of the unnecessary mental drama around asking for what it is that we need. All right, friends, that's all for today. You know what's up. If you haven't already, hop on over and get your copy of the free journal questions that go along with this episode. This is the easiest way to take this work to the next level. So check it out at anahavaliana.com slash journal. That's a n a j a v as in vivid, e dot com slash journal. Until next time, I love you. Keep going. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Addicted to Busy. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.